Podcasting straight from North Carolina is Dr. Jennifer Eichner-Lowry sharing her author journey with you. Jen Lowry writes is a place where amazing things happen for authors and readers together. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate podcast host. Jen is just the bird singing the song. She is a published author, educator, homeschool mama, life coach, and dreamer. Join her on the daily journey of discovering what this writing life is all about. Let's see what she will be led by the Holy Spirit to talk about today. Here's Jen. Thanks for supporting my Jen Lowry Writes podcast. My purpose is to inspire and encourage others to chase after their writing goals with faith and courage. By hitting the support this podcast button and with your monthly contribution of 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99, you are helping me chase after mine. Hey everybody, welcome to Jen Lowry Writes. Today I am so excited to bring to you guys Dale Roberts. Guys, Dale is here on the show. Welcome, Dale. I am super geeked up to be on your show after doing the conference with you. Yes. What, a couple months. It's been a couple months already, has it? It has flown. It was in at the beginning of August, and it just has seemed like a whole nother universe from now. <laughs> I mean, for real. I'll bet you were really, you had your hands full. That whole conference was packed top to bottom. And it was a joy. Yeah. It was an absolute joy. And thank you for being our keynote. And guys, if you missed that, you got to go back and check it out because I have had so much response from that keynote. You have really made an impact, especially on my WWJs, my writing group too, of all of the impactful advice. Guys, if, and first, Look, you can't stop this now, but I do want you to kind of after this, go and find Dale if you haven't seen him out working on YouTube and Twitch. You've got to go and subscribe to his work. Uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about him, and then I'm going to try really to convince you that you should become one of his followers because you really have made such an impact on me as an author and the author community. So Dale Roberts. He's a self-publishing advocate, a fitness author, and video content creator. Dale's inherent passion for life fuels his self-publishing advocacy both in print and online. After publishing over 40 titles, and I have one of them right here in my possession, over 40 titles and becoming a multiple international best-selling and award-winning author, Dale started his YouTube channel. Self-publishing with Dale, that's what I'm talking about, voted by Feedspot among the top 100 websites and top 50 YouTube channels devoted to self-publishing. I say number one. Uh, Dale nice. cemented his position as the go-to author authority in the indie author community. Dale currently lives with his wife, Kelly, and cat Izzy in Columbus, Ohio, and it's Dale's birthday. Yes. All of that. Baby. 45. Oh, I'm your elder. I just turned 46. I am your elder in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. So in honor of having this podcast today and for all of the work that Dale has done, we want to draw your attention to the Warrior Dog Foundation. You can go to the Jen Lowry author page. Guys, please go and donate to this wonderful cause. They are dedicated to serving military working dogs, contract working dogs, and law enforcement canines who are transitioning into retirement. So let's go ahead and honor the service that they've done and the service that Dale's done by going over and jumping on that fundraiser and donating. Even a dollar goes a long way. So y'all can just pop that over there. That would be awesome at the end of the stream. I will definitely put down the Facebook uh, link for you guys in the description. So it'll be open for a few weeks. So Dale, busy day for you on your birthday, having podcasting interviews and all this good stuff. Yes. Uh, you know, the funny thing is the other interviewer bailed on me. So it's just you and me now, baby. Like you've got a hundred percent of my energy yes. and enthusiasm. <laughs> good. So, so let's talk shop for you, Dale. I know okay. that you have such like the power in the community is strong in our author community. We understand oh, yeah. that. And that by word of mouth and by saying, you know, this is the YouTube video to go watch, or this is to share out. I mean, I share you out everywhere. Uh, community, my community with the WWJs, we were just so honored to have you on the show. And then everybody's like, oh, I get it now. I get it. Yes, we all get <laughs> you, Dale, because 
we feel your passion for the work. Yeah. And you also are just so transparent. Like you're like, this works, this doesn't. This is a good idea. Maybe you should try this. You really should mm -hmm. consider all of these before jumping here. And talk about how your you know career evolved that way. Because you were first a, a mm -hmm. fitness author. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I started out being a fitness author um, in 2013 to be exact. But my first published book didn't come out till March of 2014. Um, making that pivot uh, from being a full-time worker, nine to five job in healthcare communities to becoming a full-time indie author was real, real trying. It wasn't easy. Um, I sold $23 and some odd cents in my very first book. And I thought it was enough proof of concept to, as they say, burn the boats. And I'm like, I put my 30 days notice in with my employers. They were kind of shocked. And even the president of the company flew in to tell me, he's like, Hey, you know, if you change your mind, you can always come on back. Um, but, uh, it's, it was a lot of really bad and trying circumstances for about the first year and a half to two years, because going into it, I really had this really large sense of self-worth. It was one of those cases of like, well, I know I can do this. I don't need anybody's help. And I came to find out real quick that I had to humble myself and become a little bit more self-aware and more importantly, balance my expectations with the reality because mm -hmm. becoming an indie author is not easy. People will make it seem like it's easy or simple, but it's not. It's hard work. It's 24 seven. I think like we talk about like for me running the full-time job, running homeschool mom and, and doing that. And then finding the pockets of time. That's how I like to describe my author career is that whenever the pockets come, I just dive into that little space and I really fill it up as, as much as I can. And then I'm out and I'm going and doing, but it's, yeah. it's hard. It, it's a tough road, but it's so rewarding. You, you bring up a good point about pockets of time. And I think this is something a lot of people need to really pay close mind to. Um, I, I like discussing fitness. It always kind of comes back to fitness. Anytime I had training clients, because I was a personal trainer for a number of years, um, always inevitably someone would come up and say, I don't have time. Now, yes, everybody has time. It's how do you prioritize it in a way that makes sense for you? So think about your day as being a closet. And you can only put so many things in that closet before it becomes absolutely full. So one of the things I say is figure out what's in each of your boxes, audit what you are putting in those boxes and placing in your closet, meaning you need to kind of do a bit of a time study, take a step back and figure out what am I putting into my day? I think I find with the vast majority of people, there's a lot of time waste in small things, just tiny things that add up as the day goes on. Uh, a big culprit, social media. People will spend hours every day just going through social media. And that's great. As an author, you should be doing social media, but you shouldn't be obsessing over it unless that is your job to do that. Um, the other things would be watching TV. Some people are like, no, I need my time to relax. Well, what do you want more? Do you want to relax or do you want to become a successful indie author? So that closet, that is the space that represents your 24 hours in a day. You've got so many boxes you can put in there. Audit what you're doing within each of those boxes. Figure out what serves your ultimate goals. What doesn't serve your ultimate goals will kind of come and surface out easily and just purge that stuff out. You got the right idea. I don't expect everybody to be complete time police that they have to be like every second of every single day you have to do this and that no it's not like that but you have to really get it to where how much do i want it how much am i willing to sacrifice of my creature comforts so i can get future creature comforts that would be even better and that's the thing is Focus on your time. I love the pockets of time, though. I'm going to probably take that one from you, Oh, Jen. take it. Use it. Use it. Because to me, that's a good concept, especially for people in the busy life. But it's also going back, you know, you talk about fitness. I think about writing and well-being. Yeah. Writing and this author world, that this author business that we have, because we do consider it a business. It's not just our hobby. This is a business that we're running. Yeah. It also brings such tremendous joy. 
but it also contributes to positive well-being when you shape it with the right mindset. Yeah. So there, you know, I'm sure there's days when we can get frustrated. I'm not saying that it's not the, it's, yeah. you know, we can get frustrated and things can be a challenge to us. But at the end of the day, for me, it's, it's a part of my well being and taking care of myself yeah. when I do utilize those pockets of time to pour into the craft, whether it's reading a book, whether it's, you know, researching something for my novels or writing or just having that sustained journaling time, whatever it is that is, Moving my work forward goes back to my well-being. Yeah, so, you're giving yourself that sense of not just achievement, but fulfillment. Yes. Achievement's all well and good. But if you don't feel happy or content in achieving something, then it's all for naught. But if you are fulfilled by it, meaning I feel great when I do this then this needs to be something that is part of your priority schedule, something that's going to be built in. Um, you know, for instance, I'm really big about video content creation. It's not a, something I talk about too often because people come to my channel for self-publishing books, not publishing videos, but I am truly passionate about it. I know that I have to let a couple of things go in order to excel as a video content creator but it is something that fulfills me and I'm okay with letting some things go that only give me a sense of achievement as a, as opposed to that sense of fulfillment of feeling mm -hmm. whole, of feeling like I did something was good, not only for me, but for other people in the world. And I love how you edit all of your videos. You take care of all of your work. So that's what you're talking about is how you put in all of that extra time to let your work shine out there. Yeah, it's it's so important to be polished in anything you're doing at any walk of business. And even if this is a hobby of yours, like take it seriously, like it's a business because it will reward you like a business. If you do that, if you treat it like a hobby, then it will reward you like a hobby. And that's totally fine, too. But, you know, at the end of the day, I always just kind of look at does it fulfill me? And if I ever find myself being miserable, here's a great example. I always try to, to share with, with people some of my mistakes I've done before. Um, I had started on YouTube with my main channel, Self-Publishing with Dale, in April of 2016. Shortly after, on June 2016, not a lot of people realize I started a channel on Twitch because it's all set for live streaming and such. And um, I will tell you, that I was gung-ho about it. I was like, wow. And it was starting to drive some revenue, but then it just kind of plateaued for whatever reason over the years. It just started falling out of love with it. Like I was going on and I was feeling dreadful about it. And I'm like, oh, why am I doing this? I like doing YouTube, but I don't like Twitch anymore. It's no offense to Twitch for whatever reason. It wasn't fulfilling me anymore. So I went ahead and pulled the plug this year and I said, Five years, I gave it enough of a shot. It's making me feel stressed and having some anxiety by not succeeding in it. So my thought was, let me just redevote that attention that I have into what I like. So that's why I ended up transitioning the Twitch channel over into the podcast channel. So now I have two separate channels, which confuses the heck out of people. People will find the main channel and be like, Oh, you got a podcast channel? And then the people who discover the podcast channel go, you've got a main channel? <laughs> so oh, how do you keep it straight, Dale? How do you keep all that straight when people are going there with you? It's simple. Uh, it really, the main channel has, I try to devote towards short form content, anything from a minute to 15 minutes long. There might be some 20 minute videos, but those are rare occasions. Uh, but over the last year, I focused long form content on the podcast channel. So there's less polished editing there's going to be mistakes because it's done live. Um, but overall, it's more of a casual laid back atmosphere. So it attracts a different audience than, say, the short form content. Because let's face it, the I'm in a world where in video content creation, we call it a utility channel. A utility channel means that people just come to you for answers. That's it. They're typically not, no, I say typically, because I do have some people that really enjoy and follow me and such like that. And I don't want to call them bands because I kind of consider them friends. But either way, you know, you, you, you get into that aspect there of things. It's, it's such an overwhelming business. All that to say this, I transitioned being unhappy over to something that was happier 
with mm -hmm. long long term or long form content. And here's the cool thing is the main channel's grown more because I was able to really identify what it was my audience wanted and what they didn't want. I found out when I would go live on my main channel, I was losing subscribers, 12 subscribers at a time sometimes. Yeah, they were like, don't want to see you without full editing and you better be wearing some makeup, darn it. I don't oh, wear wow. makeup. Wow, wow. You know, I'm realistic. I'm Here's the thing, and I think authors are probably saying, okay, how is this going to apply to me, Dale? And I want you to think about this from an aspect of when you do write and publish your book or you get some beta readers or you even get some reviews coming in, you need to take a step back and make, make sure that you analyze the marketplace and that you're meeting your customers' demands, your readers' demands, that you're reaching your ideal reader. So this is what I always do in every single thing that I do in business. I analyze, is this getting to the customer in a way that they would appreciate this? If not, how do I fix it? And also adding in, and did that bring me happiness? And did my anxiety, like I heard when you said that it's almost like you have a full awareness now. Yeah. Where you said before, maybe you weren't as self-aware. And now no. <laughs> you, and now you have that full awareness, though. But that's a part of the journey, and that's a part of that growth process. Where now you can say, okay, now for these next five years, I can really take care of myself, and I can hone in on what feels right too. Yeah, and it's I'm fortunate that I'm in a position that I can pick and choose what I'm most passionate about um, and pursuing that. And if for some reason it ends up being a dead end, I'm not too far out. But yeah, and I'm not going to pretend to be 100% self-aware. There are many aspects of this business I feel I can improve in. Oh, uh, yeah, I've got all a of lot us, yeah. of, yeah, you know, just everything from looking at prolific authors like Michael Oran of Author Level Up. Like, honestly, when, when people share that I've published over 50, I need to update my bio. It's uh, actually over 50 titles uh, now. Sorry. Sorry. No, no, no. That's my fault. That's my fault. Uh, um, you know, but I look over him and like he did 50 in like the last year, I think. And I think well. it's just so incredible because he puts out such amazing content. You know, conversely speaking, you over look over at video content creation. I'm surrounded by giants, uh, friends like uh, Nick Neman. He has 800,000 subscribers over on YouTube. I saw him starting out like a few thousand. Uh, Roberto Blake, he's got over half a million subscribers. Brian G. Johnson, I think he's close to 200,000. These are friends of mine and peers that I really look up to. And I say, okay, I'm headed towards that direction. So I know that looking at where I'm at, I'm capable of more. And so that's what I want to really impress on your listeners and your viewers that, you know, know that you are never going to be perfect. Nothing's ever going to be perfect. Don't let that stop you. Because the only way to know is to actually do it. And when you do it, you can go back and analyze that because you can't analyze nothing. nothing. Oh, yeah, because nothing is going to bring you nothing. Yeah. Whereas right. if you say, fire that book off that you have always been waiting to do. And if you finally fire that off, yeah, it's going to be nerve wracking. Yes, you're probably going to be like peeking at the reviews and taking offense to maybe a one star. Like, why did somebody drop a one star? They're such a jerk. Someone, oh, <laughs> someone's out to get me. Like, no, you, you've got to take a step back and, and just understand this is, this is a phrase I often like to say is embrace the perfection in imperfection. Because I, I'll tell you that a lot of my business has been reliant on just trying things, seeing what works and sure, is it imperfect? Absolutely. But I think it's perfectly fine the way it is because then I can just go back and adjust what I need to and be good with that. So embrace the perfection and imperfection. Like put that on a post-it note on yes. your computer so you remember that as you're writing out your next manuscript and you got the inner editor just nagging at you like, this isn't good enough. Yes, it is. Stop it. Tell the editor to shut up. <laughs> but that's what makes it real. Yeah. And that's what makes your content so real is because just like how we're discussing it here, that's how, you know, you are when you're on Twitch or if you are on YouTube or on whatever channel it is that we listen to out there for Dale Roberts. You just talk it straight. Yeah, I, I and, try and to you, keep it as straight as possible. But but that means you're cutting through all of the flour. 
you know, you're cutting through all of the flowery things and you're saying, let's get to the point of this. You know, you want to be successful. You want to get after these goals. Here are some ways that you can do that. And so that's what I appreciate by the work that you do is because you really help guide authors, especially those new authors that might be out there, because that was just me 2018 Wow. going, wait, there's people on YouTube that talk about books. Like it was like, <laughs> wait, what? There's like author tube and it's called that. And yeah. there's people that are sharing and there are people that are out there really wanting the best for other people. Yeah, It's not like they learn some kind of secrets and they hold them. You go, <laughs> hey, I've got some little secrets some some things I've learned along the way. And then you put it in book form so people can carry you around. But they also have you where they can go back and, and you're like, you've done your research. You know, we know that we can trust you. That feeling is there. And so I think that's what builds up that rapport with someone watching your channel not just that you know what people need. You just throw out that realness that can mm -hmm. capture an audience. It's it's what I've tried to do since day one. I shouldn't say try. I've been doing since day one. I've shared some mess ups and mistakes and some things that I'm not particularly proud of. But I feel like I've grown a lot over the years. And by being public about those mistakes really helps people to understand there's there's a human in front of this camera here. Like, believe it or not, this is a real person. Do I have a team of people helping me? Absolutely. But no one ever forces me to say something or express my wealth myself in a way that isn't part of my brand. I've always just shot from the hip and been very, very happy in doing so. I'll tell you, there was like a couple times where I'd just get on camera and I'd, I'd just be like really nervous about I'm like, oh, if I say this, am I going to get canceled or people are going to hate me for this? Inevitably, I always find that I'm my own worst critic. People will go, oh my gosh, I felt that way too. I, I just was, and then you have some historians too, where they go, oh, I remember when that happened, you know, this, I did that too as well. So there, there is so much to to say uh, about how much I've progressed as not just a an author but a content creator in general, just just from being real and being okay with having a little bit of mustard on my face. And, and I like uh, too the leap of faith because oh, one yeah. uh, that big leap of faith quitting that job. I mean that's not for everyone. We're not trying to say everybody go start a, a job quitting site now and go right. No, but oh. that that whole leap of faith that you did, yeah. like even from the beginning, you know, putting yeah. yourself out there like that. That's a vulnerable step. It was it was tough uh, for me. At least my wife was already out of her nine to five job. Uh, she was miserable, uh, probably, I'd say a couple years prior to me actually leaving mine. And uh, she was uh, upset at her corporate job. And I said, why don't you quit? We can just literally live off my wages that I was working at uh, at that time. And she's not content and just, you know, living off my paycheck. So she got to work and she built an amazing Amazon FBA business where she would source products and sell them through Amazon. And I at least had that small safety net there of having her business and I could help her out and grow that business in, you know, part time. And that was fun, by the way. Uh, but I'll tell you that it wasn't until I rolled my sleeves up and said, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get down. I'm going to get this right. That it really got going. So if you do plan on making that leap of faith, I don't recommend it. First of all, right. if you do plan on making that leap of faith, um, you're going to hear some people that say, don't put a plan B, because if you put a plan B, you've got an out and you'll just have a find a reason to quit. Nah. That's all well and good. But when you have kids, bills, things like that, you know, you need to have some type of, of a backup plan and just solely relying on income as an author, or as an online entrepreneur altogether. It's a recipe for disaster because I yeah. burnt through my savings. I burnt through my retirement fund. Um, I burnt through all of my credit cards. Like it was, it was bad. It was really, really bad. My wife and I were uh, constantly at odds when it came to finances. And I'll tell you this day, like that's not even an issue anymore. Like right. neither one of us. And I think that's probably comes down to communication, but uh, nonetheless, it was really, really rough. If I had to do it all over again, I probably would have stayed in my job because it was a great job. I really did like it and then probably worked on my business part time. But yeah, 
who knows where we'd be today if I hadn't See? done that leap of faith, as you would say, and just really, really trusted myself. I think it had a large part to do with my ego because I just wrote a book. Don't you know, I just wrote a book and I sold $23. <laughs> like I netted $23. That's a lot of money. So, um, you know, the, I'm laughing days, with you. I'm laughing oh, with yeah. you. I'm, I'm not laughing. <laughs> it's okay to laugh at me as well. So if anybody happens to be, you know, listening to this, it's okay. You can laugh at me because I'll tell you, it was rough. Ramen noodles and frozen vegetables every meal to get up. Be like, what am I having for breakfast? Oh, we're going to have some ramen noodles ramen and noodles. vegetables. <laughs> so, so my, my plan is I'm working full time until I retire. I have eight more years at education. My 30 years will be clocked in and that's when the full time work will be for me. And so as I look at everyone's journey, we all have our own stories to tell. We have our own paths. We have our own ways to go. But the bottom line is that we believe in the power of the stories that we do write or we believe in the power of words, or we wouldn't be chasing this like we do. Yeah, that's that's so true. Uh, you know, I, I really can't add anything on that to, to be more impactful, to be honest with you. There's a message in your heart, be it a fiction story that you've always thought about, or if you've got some type of expertise that other people could use, then do it. Go after it. Don't worry about somebody else doing it better than you. No one's going to be able to do it quite like you at all. I promise you, you could get off of this specific video, this specific podcast, wherever you're consuming this, and you can go over and write a book about self-publishing. Let's say you go over and you study for months on end and you say, I'm going to go ahead and write a book about self-publishing and I'm going to do one that's about Amazon keywords. Well, good luck. I can guarantee you, you're not going to be able to write a book like mine. Yours is going to be in a different voice. Yours is going to be in a different type of pacing. Yours is going to be a different personality. Your delivery is going to be different. And someone might actually appreciate it that you did it better than me or vice versa. Someone might appreciate I did it better than say you, because what our message is going to do with each person is going to vary. Um, I'm not sure if I'd ever shared with you, Jen, before um, that. You know, going into this business, I, I my very first book was a health and fitness book, and it was a challenge for my corporate wellness coach. Like, hey, you know, you love health and fitness so much, you should write a book. And I was like, I will, I will do that. <laughs> and uh, when I finally did it, and I got it published, and I bought like a box of fifty of these things, and I go to networking meetings, uh, in person networking meetings, and I would hand these things out. And I was so proud of it. Like people were like, oh my gosh, autograph it. And I was like, why do you want me to ruin my book? Like, that's not good. I'm like, all right, here we go. But at any rate, um, I got a friend of mine. He was a marketing expert and we were out for lunch and I hand him a book and he's like, oh, wow, this is great. Like that is your book. He's like, so who's it for? I was like, everyone. Ah, you had no, not identified your reader. <laughs> no, I did not. I did a horrible job. And he's like, there's no way that this could be for everyone. I was like, of course it is, man. It's health and fitness. He's like, so you're telling me you're going to give the same advice to a senior citizen as you would to a juvenile or a minor of some sort. And I'm like, well, uh, uh and I was stumped. I just realized that my book I wrote for everyone, <laughs> I literally wrote for no one. Which, by the way, good luck if you ever can find the three keys to health and happiness. Um, it's out there, probably used copies. You might even go to a half price <laughs> bookstore and find it on one of those shelves, but it's gone. It's it's out of here. So. You pulled it. Dale I, pulled yeah. it. But that's where you said you can't critique something unless it's out there. You got to go. You got to at least have a beta reader or you got to have these kind of conversations with people. You got to have. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I can't agree. Agree with you more. It's just you have to have something. And uh, thankfully, it was after that meeting that I literally was like, I was crushed. Mark telling me that like, I was like, what does he know? <laughs> He's a marketing <laughs> expert or something. But um, when I, I, it didn't click for me. I don't think the whole writing for a specific audience, it didn't really absolutely click for me until after that meeting. And slowly as time went on, I discovered, okay, this is who I'm writing for. Okay. All right. So how do I communicate with this person? What's the best way for me to write that would engage them and keep them reading one page after the other? 
And that's why I believe that a lot of my fitness books became better and better and better and better and better. And, you know, it just became, and it improved because the more times that you're at bat, you know, the more times you have to swing at the ball and hopefully maybe you'll get on home plate or not home plate. Maybe you, yeah, maybe you'll you hit a home run. Maybe you'll get on first base, you know, either way, as long as you're getting up to, to the bat. And this is one thing I really admire about prolific authors like, Michael Laron or Craig Martell or Joanna Penn or Mark Dawson is they're prolific is they're not afraid to put together content, get that out into the world as quickly as humanly possible without sacrificing quality. Yeah. Which is that whole rapid release strategy that I also learned about online. And uh, I tried to do that and made the epic fail of not having an editor. Oh, yeah. oh terrible mistake. Terrible mistake. <laughs> And as, as much as uh, I need an editor, I, I don't know. I was like, oh, I have this story to tell. Let me throw it out, share it out. Oh, no. Oh, no. So now it's, but you have it out there and you understand. And then you realize, wait, I really do need an editor. So I'm very thankful of my team that's around me now that I didn't have at the beginning. And I can just talk straight and say, don't do that, y'all. Get an editor. Like, really do that. Do that necessary step in there. But, you know, when I'm first starting, it's like, oh, you're so excited. Like, you have the story. And I feel like that's what you did. You had the story. You knew that it could bring value to everyone. And then you realize, wait, uh, pull the brakes. And for me, it was, oh, I have this story. Woo! Leave it, throw it out there without the editor. And then yeah. it's like, ah, now I've got to reel in some stories and get some cleanup. But, but you get better and better as you go. So true. So you embrace the imperfection, the perfection within the imperfections. You embrace it all. I love that on that sticky note. You got you some more quotes that you want to share out, Dale. Share us another quote that just really helps get you through <laughs> when you get to these moments. Um, mm, man, I got I got a lot more quotes than you can probably think about in some dalisms. I think one of the biggest dalisms I always tell people is uh, online business can be sometimes like Ling Chi. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. It's an ancient um, torture method to where a person is death by a thousand cuts. They would just do small micro cuts across a person's body till they would bleed to death essentially. And uh, this kind of goes back to our discussion of those boxes inside your closet. That is your day representing your day. Um, don't allow those small things to nick away at your day because otherwise it's making your business bleed. So mm -hmm. I'm very, very, ruthless with my time. I try to be as, as very specific about what I'm doing and where I'm doing it. It also helps too to manage my ADHD because I am hyperactive as you, you could, you couldn't tell that before. But you also had claimed during the conference that you had a little bit of introvert too. I am, I am introverted with a slight, uh, slight extrovert tendencies. Um, I always try to tell people it's, it's unusual. They'll see me on camera and they're like, Oh my gosh, it must be easy. He's such an extrovert. No, I'm not. I always tell people like, you see me on camera, I'm smiling, but I'm dying inside. <laughs> <laughs> but you seem like, like so relaxed, but you've worked yourself into that space though. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. you. I just, I got used to being uncomfortable for a lot of this stuff. I'm, I'm a ham for the cam, but I'm still like that mental willpower tank that I have, you know, that's in me, it typically gets zapped out. So for a lot of like these like live interviews or live broadcasts that I will do, I will typically get myself kind of mentally prepared because by the time I'm done with it, I typically have to take, yeah, got to take a nice little breather. Like when I saw you doing that conference, I was just like, I don't know how you're doing that. Like, I, honestly, I, I did 11 hours straight one time. And the last, that last time I did, I was like, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> yeah. But to me, I had help. I wasn't alone. And like you yeah. said, you realize that you also need help. Like that was one of your moments where you realize, look, I need a team. I need help through this. And, and that's yeah. the same, like with the WWJs, like I didn't do that alone. I had, I had my friend, Michelle, she was a host with me and we would go back and forth with hosting. And when we took care of business, yeah. WWJs in the chat. So, I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a good joy, but it was whew, tiring. But as soon as it was over, it was like, okay, guys, we can't wait to do this again. We can't wait to do this again. It wasn't the, 
oh man, why are we doing this again? Because we know our purpose. We know that yeah. we know the why behind it. Yeah. Yeah, that's, and that's good. It shows. It shows too as well. You, you, I, I popped into a number of the sessions and I don't think I ever saw like anybody like bored or, or angry not. or negative or anything else like that. There was a lot of just great content, a lot of positivity. And that's what you want to surround yourself in, especially mm -hmm. in this business to where you can be alone a lot. It's being an author. I mean, it's a solo gig until you otherwise bring an editor in, a book cover designer, interior formatter, all that. But it's sometimes it's just a one person show. Um, so it's important that you open yourself up to more people like yourself that are going in this journey. You can be able to share along with it. I've got a uh, Discord community specifically that I do to, to get people to meet up. And it's so freaking cool that I don't have to do a single thing in the Discord community because people come to meet each other and to network and get it to where you're not feeling so alone. So I've had people ask me, but where do you find, where do you find community? You know, we always talk about author community. Where do you find, you just mentioned your discord. So mm -hmm. how could people find that too, as an avenue to hook in with other authors? So go ahead and let us know about your discord. Well, on Discord, you know, if you've never been on Discord before, I just want you to kind of think like it's social media with, uh, with you controlling the narrative, if you will. So let's say you've gone on Facebook before. You've been into a Facebook group. Now, Facebook groups are fantastic. I've got a couple of really good ones and such, and that's been an easy way for me to grow my community. But sometimes I notice that Facebook tends to favor the dumpster fires. So there will be a disagreement and it just gets out of control. Whereas on Discord, you see something like that, you can nip it in the bud. There's no algorithm that's going to be serving a specific thread out because it's got a lot of engagement. No, it's going to be essentially like a clean social media avenue that you can do text-based things, you can do video, you can do audio. But uh, yeah, go over to visit. If you want to join my community, as dalelinks.com slash Discord. Please come on over and join me. Or you can start your own. And one of the best ways to do it is just go to Discord, set up something it's going to seem overwhelming at first but i've been doing it for probably about a couple years now and i'm super comfortable in using it it's something i actually have directly connected to my phone i don't have any other social media on my phone at all but discord because i like it it's i bring in and i attract that community the best way to build that community is make it available and keep telling people it's there over mm -hmm. and again Keep telling people it's there because you'll be able to draw more people in. If someone's enjoying your community, tell them, hey, invite some more people. It would be really awesome if we can grow this community. Um, or if you want to keep it nice and closely knit, just invite a few close friends and keep it exclusive to yourself. But either way, find a place that will host your community, whether it's Discord or it's a Facebook group or maybe it's a shared hashtag on Instagram or Twitter. Something like that. Uh, Community is so important. Uh, but Discord, I'm going to tell you this. Like, honestly, it's it's one of my favorite places. One of my friends has started her own Discord. And, and nice. she's talked about how much that she loves it. And she can see it build just a fellowship, a place where people can come. Yeah. And there's no pressure. And they're just fellowshipping together. And that's where you feel less isolated but more fueled to be able to go out maybe and do the calling that you have on your life because you realize, you know, it's not just about me anymore because you can kind of get into that me, me, me yeah. kind of mentality. But if you're in community, you realize it's greater. It's, it's better to be serving with others too, because this is like a calling. Do you look at it like a calling? Like, do you see this work as like you were called into this space? Yeah, I, I believe so. I don't think anything is just random. I believe that everybody chooses the path that they're on because they're most likely destined for it. And um, I, I really think, yeah, I never thought if you had said to me 10 years ago, while I was still in a nine to five job, like this is where I'd be. You'd be a big YouTube quote unquote influencer. That's always weird for me to say. <laughs> um, and you're going to be doing that. I'd be like, what are you talking about? That's <laughs> crazy like and but here we are right <laughs> right and so i know this is a very hard question but where do you see yourself so you said 10 years prior you could have never seen this like are you going to continue in the fitness 
continuing the self-publishing books, yeah. you know, with the, you know, with your tips books, do you see other things for you in these next five years? I know you're a planner. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm real big about goal setting, uh, but I also have a little bit of flexibility too. As time goes on, if, if, it, if my heart doesn't feel like going that direction, I will typically change course, but I, it's, I'm a, I've got slight OCD type tendencies. When I really like something, I'm all in. Like I am all in lock, stock and barrel. Sometimes maybe at the sake of my wife's sanity and probably <laughs> my own that I obsess over some things. But I would see that over the next, like say five to 10 years, there's going to be a massive change. Uh, I walked away from fitness technically in about 2018. Okay. Uh, because 2017, I did the, the translated versions of some of my books. Mm -hmm. After that, I was just honestly, by the time I got to that point, I was just so burnt out on fitness. My heart wasn't feeling it. I knew I was helping people, but it just wasn't. I was achieving, but I wasn't fulfilling. Wasn't fulfilling. I love it, that. I love how you learn how to delineate between those two words, because those are yep. that's where power really lives, though. Power yeah. for change and power for peace. Mm -hmm. lives within that kind of, you know, filtering system that you've got going yeah. on. Well, it's 2018. Prior to that year, that year, I just, it was going about 2017. And I, I do like everybody else does. And I, I pick my big goals for the year. And I'm really good about staying on to some of these goals. And part of that goal going in 2018, I said, I'm going to make this video creating creation stuff work. Uh, I had enough royalties coming in from the fitness books and all of my publishing brand in general that I was like, I can just let off the gas a little bit. And if for some reason it starts to dip down too much, I can always just go back into it for the safety. And though it's not fulfilling me, it at least will pay the bills. But I never had to do that because I got so obsessive about doing video creation. I think in 2018 was the year that I broke over a thousand subscribers. Maybe it was closer to 3000 something like that but it was it was enough that i was like okay I, i'm i'm doing this i'm going to be all in about it um but i see myself growing out more youtube channels because i actually have three fully monetized youtube channels in the youtube partner program between self-publishing with dale the self-publishing with dale podcast channel and also live streaming tech i've got about three other videos or video channels that are building off into different niches. One's going to be nice. for music. Uh, one's going to be just for product reviews and such like that. And another one is based on fitness because I have a lot of fitness gadgets that I was like, oh, I'm just going to go ahead and review and just try these out. Um, but yeah, I'm going to build out this whole YouTube empire. Right now, I've got a pretty big team between I have a full outsourced team that helps me out with things like graphic design, video editing, uh, copywriting. I've also got an assistant and I also have a separate video team that just manages the self-publishing with Dale content. So I, I will be building out that team, but I will say this, that this has already been on the books that this year I was planning on doing rapid release schedule. I was going to release one, one book every month, but then I saw where my priorities were at. And I said, my strongest priorities were in video creation because it was helping more people and I was feeling more fulfilled in doing so. So I'm sitting right now on three fully finished manuscripts. One of them is totally done, ready to hit, hit the marketplace. Got two other ones that are through their first rounds of edits. I'll be able to hit that one. And I'm also in production for another one about Amazon ads. I'm trying to get as much of these put together as possible because go 2022, I said, and I made a promise to myself, I'm going to pivot fully into fiction. Now, this means that I will keep the Dale L. Roberts brand underneath the self-publishing. But when it comes to fiction, I'll probably change out the name. It might be like D. Roberts or D.L. Roberts or something like that. But I am going to go fully into fiction writing. And it's going to start out pretty crazy. Probably trial by fire. A friend of mine, <laughs> Katrina Love. Taylor, said, uh, hey, every... Every January and August, we do a 31 short stories in 31 days. We'd love you to join. And it would be awesome if you invited your following along. And I'm like, you know what? Done. I'm in. Let's do it. I'm like, you know what? Let's, if it if it don't kill me, it's just going to make me stronger. And you'll have some content that you can share out. 
There you go. You can can multi-purpose that uh, almost death scene that you're going to be doing. Maybe there'll be one in there. Fiction, like what are your genres of choice? Um, this this usually shocks everybody, but uh, when I was a kid, I used to love, 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 love reading. I still do love reading, actually. Um, but at the time, I really fell in love with writing because I read Stephen King's books. Um, really big about horror, science fiction. I used to read Isaac Asimov books. Um, there were just so, there was so much. Um, I went to college for journalism because I wanted to be a writer for guitar world magazine because at the time I used to love playing guitar. I still do. And for whatever reason, I just ego being young, whatever it was, I I went into college just with the big chip on my shoulder and a big ego. And I dropped out within about three semesters and it was a, it was a big lesson in humbling myself because when I went into my English class, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to ace this because <laughs> I was the bee's knees to my English teacher back in high school. But forget about when you go into college, man, he checked me really quick and it, it zapped my love for, for writing because I wasn't able to take that criticism and build and grow from it. Um, so with all that being said, life has come full circle and I'm finally allowing it to come full circle. So I, can get back into doing fiction. So most likely it'd be horror, thriller, suspense yes. that I would end up yes. going into. Okay. So now you might not know this, but I never changed my name. So Jen Lowry is Jen Lowry all the way across the board, regardless if I write a children's picture book about my precious dog, who's now in heaven, all the way to the Sunday killer, which is an adult crime thriller. <laughs> like I run it with that Jen Lowry, because I feel like my, my saying is you got to honor the page. You honor the page, you go after that story and whatever it's meant to be. So when you say identify your readers, well, I've got some uh, K-12 readers. I've got some adult readers. We go from here to there to everywhere, but that's because I embrace honoring the page. Mm -hmm. And that's what I feel like, you know, so yeah, you've met someone who's nonfiction, fiction, I'm there, I'm with it, and I find just joy in it all. That's good. You know, never joy deny your all. muse. Never deny yeah. your muse. If you ever feel yourself, this is, I get a lot of people, they'll come to me and they're like, hey, I'm having problems, yakety uh, here's here's my books, my book catalog, and I'll see that they have kind of fire hosed all over the place. There's no direction they've got. And this is legitimately, by the way, I, I found a woman and she's a sweetheart. Just absolutely love her. She's a gem. But she wrote books for kids. Like we're talking ABC books. And then she puts out a car repair manual. And then she puts out like a werewolf shapeshifter book. And she's like, she's wondering like, hey, why am I having so much issues in selling books? I was like, well, you, you're, you haven't decided your audience. You're kind of going all over the place. People go into your McDonald's one day and they're able to order a Big Mac. Next day they come in, you're telling them, well, you can have that old Big Mac that you had before or we're going to sell you shoes. <laughs> what? What shoes? Um, but here's the thing is, I don't want to ever demonize that process of you embracing and, and going after your muse because it, it fulfills you. That's going to be the one thing. Um, but you need to temper your expectations with reality that if you mm-hmm. are separated like that and all in one thing, it's going to be an uphill battle. Is it possible to succeed with a multi-genre author? Absolutely. You look at someone like Chris Fox, you look at Craig Martell, you look at Michael Laron, you look at all these self-published authors that do it just fine, but they had a lot of work to do. I always try to show people the path of least resistance. I don't want to tell people, hey, don't go down that path. It's not good for you. It's, you know, hey, if it, if it, you like to do that and you're not doing any wrong in doing it, go for yes, it. Yes, go for it. Love it. I absolutely love it and embrace it all. And that's, and I can't wait for some horror from Dale Roberts. That's what I'm saying. So I don't know if you guys are ready for this stuff up here. <laughs> I am. I'm ready. And let's just say that that's going to be on my radar soon. I'm going to be just checking in, keeping up with Dale to see what's up with you, with all of your, you know, 
goals for the rest of this year, following along with your content, but also looking forward to that shift, that transition that you've got going on. And we'll support yeah. you 100% of the way in that too, because now you're speaking my language. The horror world is my world. Um, awesome. So I'm really, I'm really excited for that. Excited for your future. Excited that it's your birthday. Now you get to celebrate, get off this thing with me, Ooh. guys. Go check out Warrior Dog Foundation. I just want to bring Thank this you. to your attention one more time. It's dedicated to serving military working dogs, contract working dogs, and law enforcement canines that are transitioning into retirement. And no, I'm not joking you for being now us, us in this older age. It's not like, uh, no, I picked that because I feel like the dogs that serve with our military and our police, they deserve that happy retirement too. So let us give them that today in honor of Dale Roberts' birthday. So Dale, congratulations on all your success. Thank you so much for being here, sharing the journey. Now we dropped some names. You've dropped Discord. You've dropped your channels. Mm -hmm. um, you can just know that everything's going to be in the description below. So you guys go and check out Dale, follow him and support the work that he's doing. You are truly such a gifted content creator, but you just speak it real. And I want to thank you so sincerely for helping me when I first started, first finding YouTubers out there. There's tons of author tubers. You know, there's people out there on AuthorTube everywhere. You can go and find them and, and go check out their channels and learn a lot from people. But I want to say yours is the number one channel for me. It has been from the very beginning. I put you on my list because People need to find you. People need to be able to say, okay, I'm not alone in this. There's someone out there doing this work that really cares about the success of others. And that's what you put out there, Dale. And I just want to say thank you for that work. So, yay. Thanks for being here. Thank you. I really do appreciate it. All right, guys. Thanks for joining Jen Lowry Wright. I'll check you guys out later. Thanks again, Dale. Now that you've found me on the Jen Lowry Writes podcast, I challenge you to head over to where books are sold and find me there. I've published 11 books so far, and I write clean books for all ages. Horror, paranormal, sweet romance, fantasy, historical fiction, you name it, I've got your genre. Search Jen Lowry at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Kobo, and more. And for my Bible devotionals, you'll see my full name, Dr. Jennifer Eichner Lowry on Amazon. So I challenge you today to go out there and write something inspiring and share it with the world. Thanks for joining me on Jen Lowry Writes. You guys have a blessed day.